Welcome to the Sexual Quantum Leap podcast episode 55, Why Your Partner Isn't Having Sex With You, featuring Nadia. Well, who is Nadia? Nadia and I met actually while she was on stage at Sexpo and she was doing a fucking awesome like talk, just like going really straight down the line about sexuality, not fucking around. I'm like, well, this woman does not muck around and she's just like going straight down the line because she's not she's willing to say what other people aren't willing to say and that's what I really love about her in the respect she's also a journalist she's nearly got 20 million views on YouTube and she was telling me before about TMI sorry I fucked that one up a little bit but I'll get you to explain it completely (laughs) properly but it's actually a pleasure to have her here we're actually in Sydney at the moment in her hometown and I want her to I wanted to get her on board because I know you guys listening to this always get my perspective, but you know what? I don't have a pussy as much as I think I do sometimes. Nadia does, and she's here to give you the download about what women actually want in the bedroom. So thank you very much for being here, Nadia. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here, um, and hopefully you realize what a privilege it is to have me here before 10 a.m. in the morning because I I don't get up before 10 a.m. for just about anyone. So... So TMI for the non-millennials in the room is too much information. I say I'm the queen of TMI because I don't have a filter. I just tell it like it is, as you were saying. Um, And yeah, I don't believe that there's anything, any such thing as too much information. So uh, you can expect very honest answers from me today. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for being here at 9.30 a.m. We like we, we worked out like, Nadia, 9.30 a.m., let's be here, let's make it happen. And then, yeah, it was really great that I met her at Sexpo with her partner. We're having a chat. And as I said, just seeing her on stage and being so public and open about it. And definitely, I highly recommend checking out her YouTube and her Instagram because on her YouTube, she does not hold back. And I just love that because a lot of people just give like kind of bullshit information. It's like, what does that mean? And we're talking about that when we met about like, is this too like it's up in the air it doesn't make sense or it's just like too out there where it's like i love it the advice you're giving is very very practical so what i'd love to jump into um at the start is just give everyone a little bit of a backstory about who you are and how you got into this sex positive movement and you're really inspiring so many people because i've seen on the youtube comments and the people like really giving you the support it's inspiring myself really going on this journey helping men with their sexuality but seeing how much you've taken it to such a massive scale in over a year so yeah i'd love to hear your story Oh, well, where do we begin? <laughs> I was born in 1984. No, we won't go back that far. <laughs> uh, no, I, uh, I I think I did the thing which most women do, which is I, I fell in love with a boy and it just seemed like the natural thing to do to go ahead and get married. And so I did that in my early 20s and then I sort of slowly realised that that was not for me. I was trying desperately to fit this mold of being a wife and what I thought I needed to do with my life as a woman and it was just becoming more and more apparent over time that it was not the role a role that I was ever going to really fit into through no fault of my husband who was it still is an amazing guy you know we still have a good relationship but so our marriage broke down about seven years in and I went on what I now very lovingly refer to as my hoe phase. I have to say that again because some I, I said it on a podcast the other day and the girl said, did you just say horse face? 
I was like, no, ho as in slut, slutty face. Um, and I mean that in a good way uh, because I say that all women should have a ho face and it's just your slutty face where you go and fuck a bunch of guys basically. Um, and I I wrote a, a lot about it and what was interesting is I obviously, um, as a woman speaking openly about having a bunch of casual sex, I got a lot of slut shaming online. But what was super interesting was the amount, the sheer amount of women that were reaching out to me privately via DM and email to say, girl, you were telling my story. I had that exact hoe phase when I had my last breakup or whatever. And so I think like something that I'm passionate about that we don't talk about is the fact that women are easily as sexual as men. Uh, We just, we don't really understand female desire very well or how to unlock it. Um, And when I talk to women about this stuff, they relate to so many of my stories. But yeah, it was basically going through my hoe phase that really allowed me to discover myself sexually. Ironically, when I was with my husband, the person who I felt so comfortable with and so in love with, I never truly explored myself sexually because I was so concerned with trying to fit into the role of being a wife and what all the things I thought that meant. And then when I, you know, the first time I had casual sex after that, I fucked a random guy in a hotel room. I had a girls' night planned with my girlfriends and I was sitting at my desk actually um, at work and one of my close girlfriends was sitting next to me and I had tears in my eyes and she said, what's wrong, babe? And I said, oh, this is so embarrassing, but actually... I'm really fucking sexually frustrated. I'm so sexually frustrated. I actually feel I'm going to burst into tears because this was coming out of the end of my marriage. So I, you know, I think as most relationships are when they break down, we had not had sex in a long time. And she said, well, you've been on a few Tinder dates recently. We've got this girls night in the city tonight. We've got a hotel booked for. Why don't you sneak out of work a couple of hours early? I'll cover for you at work. Go start making use of the hotel and tell one of the, your Tinder dates to go meet you there for sex. And I was like, what? Can I do that? Is that like a thing? And she's like, sure it is. Guys do it to us all the time. And so it was through having this anonymous sexual encounter in a hotel room, not that it was the greatest sex of my life, far from it. It was actually, in retrospect, pretty mediocre sex, but it was the relief of finally being able to discover myself sexually because I knew I wasn't going to see this guy again, right? And so there's that sense of freedom when you're sleeping with a stranger that I don't care what the fuck you think of me because I'm not going to see you again tomorrow so or ever again. So it was really interesting because when we finished having sex, I actually burst hysterically into tears and uh the guy actually said to me like oh my god did I hurt you are you okay I thought you said you wanted it rough you know and I was like no 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 I'm not crying because you hurt me I'm crying like I couldn't really explain it to him I think he probably just thought I was a weirdo but it was the relief of being able to get in touch with that raw sexuality and then as I went on through my hoe phase, um I was able to more and more ask for what I wanted in the bedroom and it was through that process that I realized Oh my god, asking what you want for f- in what you want in the bedroom, asking for that as a woman, that's just that's about so much more than having great sex and great orgasms. For me it led to me being able to ask for what I wanted in every single aspect of my life. I was able to go into work and demand a pay rise, ask for the promotion I was deserving of, so many things. When you're stripped naked, staring down the barrel of a cock and you can ask for what you want, going into your boss's office and asking for a pay rise is honestly fairly insignificant. So that's how I put it. And that's why I became passionate about sexual empowerment, because to me, sexual empowerment is about women really owning themselves, owning our truth, and it 
it's about so much more than having great sex. So big spiel, I know, but you asked for it. I'm speechless. And that's, that, that, that is rare for me. Thank you so much for the whole phase. It's so true. And thank you for opening up about that stage when you were sexually re- um, repressed because, and then bursting into tears. And it's not uncommon for that, um, to hear that because our motto that we have here, just to govern told you this one, it's like making men men again being the best a woman's ever had inside and outside the bedroom and leaving her better and wetter. That's what we always try and strive to do when we're with women and that's what we're teaching. But hearing that you had that repression, because we get a lot of guys, and I'd love you to touch on this more about the suppression and how hard that was for you. Because what happens, we're finding a lot of men in relationships, what they do, like, oh, this is just a chick from Tinder, good example. I'm just going to fuck her and do like treat her like a hoe. But then if it's a chick who I'm in love with and I care about, what I'm going to do is I'm going to shut that down more and more over time because I can't treat her like that hoe. But we always say, your woman has that queen and that um, she has that queen and that hoe inside of her and the more that you can call it hoe minx whatever like word you want to use but she has that sexual side and i want if you could talk to the guys here about that about how much that was actually destroying you when the man who you were you loved and he loved you was shutting down a fundamental part of who you actually were well it's interesting you talk about that because uh it's it's essentially the madonna hall complex and most men have it and it does honestly stem from you you might not like this comment but it does honestly stem from toxic masculinity it's that thing that oh um to be like a real man um i have to separate the sexual woman from the woman that is the nurturing mother of my children so as soon as a woman takes on that role she's not the you know naughty girl you want to fuck the shit out of she's the mother of your children and uh, i mean that in itself can lead to affairs both for men and women because women don't feel connected to their sexual self anymore in general i think that women are basically taught to shut down our sexuality um i know i was i know all the women i speak to uh you know mention a lot that even from being a little girl, I was taught the word vagina was a dirty word and to refer to my vagina as my private parts. And you can imagine the impact that has over time on a woman that we we don't even associate with our own genitals. So how are we going to be this porn star in the bedroom? It's, it's We're so disconnected from our bodies and it has, you know, to to answer your question, it has a hugely damaging impact on women. And unfortunately, men don't really help us out with uh, slut shaming. And you can sit here and say to men, oh, well, I I don't slut shame. But I guarantee, Andrew, that you've been in environments where other men have, you know, chuckled, said something like, oh, slut or whatever. And you've stood there and said nothing. And that is part of contributing to that culture. And I wrote an article which went crazy viral online. It's probably my most viral article to date. And it was called What I Learned from Sleeping with Seven Guys in Seven Days. And it was talking about my hoe face. And... That was that ended up being quite a dark time in my life after that article went viral because that I'm used to getting a lot of vitriol online. It doesn't usually bother me, but that was the worst slut shaming I've ever experienced in my entire life. I was getting really horrific, horrific things said about me. And again, they were coming predominantly from men and the women that were reaching out to me were like, you were just telling my story. And then men complain, oh, but my wife slash girlfriend, she just never wants sex. She's not sexual. But the women I speak to, they're all horny as fuck. <laughs> they're all going out and buying vibrators, lusting over other guys. There's no problem with their 
their sex drive, their horniness. What it is is they're shutting it down around you as a man because this is what they're worried about. I know women who've been married for years that lie to their own husbands about their sex number because the sex number is, oh, but but she's not pure. She's been with a lot of other men. And because as a man, I have a very fragile ego as a man. I can't know that you've been with a lot of other men because that's going to affect my fragile ego. Um, and... Yeah, it's interesting. I think the the way my, my partner looks at it now, and I write openly about sex, I write openly about all the guys I've slept with in detail, and the way that he looks at it and the way that I think more men need to look at it is that's my history, you know, that's, that's not now. And that's what's made me the woman I am today. You know, all the sex I've had is the reason I'm a great root in the sack. You know, like you can't be having you can't be having sex with a, a virgin and and having it be this porn star experience. You know, a woman's going to be better in time with the more sexual experience she's had. But because we teach women that that is dirty and bad, and that the repercussions of it are social slut shaming, women disconnect from that. We shut down from that, and then what you as a man get is you get. The the ultimate punishment which is blue balls because she's not having sex with you she's so women are so disconnected from their own sexuality that women have literally convinced themselves oh i just don't have a sex drive no 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 bitch that's not the problem because i can see you going out when there's a hot guy taking his shirt off i see you looking i see that you're getting horny What's happened is your sex drive is shutting down around your boyfriend or husband so your sex drive is good and strong uh, this idea that you lose your sex drive, you can't lose it like you've lost, you know, your shopping cart at Zara or something. That's not how that works. It's still there, but it's not lighting up around your partner. And so men need to come to the table on that. Unfortunately, and I'd be kind of interested to hear your thoughts on this. What I tend to experience as a woman when I speak about this is what you can do as a man to meet her halfway is so many men get so irate and so enraged and they say, why is it all on the man? Why do we have to do all of this stuff all the time to get women on board? Like what are women doing? What are women bringing to the table? I mean, the way that I respond to it is to say, well, I'm, I'm not sure if you guys have noticed, but I'm a woman. I'm not going to speak about the male experience. That would be presumptuous and very rude of me to do. I don't know what it's like to walk in the shoes of a man. So I'm just talking about what are the things that women need um but i'd be interested to also hear why you think there is that defensiveness there from men as well i love it this this is amazing going all in i love it nadia (laughs) not stopping it's just because it's so true with a toxic masculinity thing on the one point we'll nail on that because i know toxic masculinity could be a whole fucking podcast but i don't really talk about that what I talk about in regards to the toxicity, in regards to the male really going hard and shut, um, slut shaming a woman, a hundred percent. We the first thing we're really teaching men is like, make her feel safe and sexual. Really, and the things make her feel safe and open up about sexuality. Like when we're in bed with women, I go, guys, this is what you want to do. Go, hey, you don't have to do anything tonight. Anything you do sexually, it's all cool. Anything about your past, you can just express. You can open up. You can talk about. I'm not going to. I'm not going to judge you. Like we always say that statement of non-judgment, but actually meaning it. Because if you're like saying you're a slut, she's just going to shut down a hundred percent. So it's like that whole the whole paradigm of guys like she's a slut. It's like sometimes it's so silly. Like they contradict you. She's a slut. It's like why are you calling her a slut? Because she didn't have sex with you. It's like kind of like sometimes 
It's more like that sexual frustration where we get guys to take a lot of accountability and responsibility for their actions and like going, as a leader, as a man, we're saying this, we talk about making men men again and that leadership, we talk about being that benevolent benevolent leader, about going first, putting yourself on the line, like the vulnerability of like, this is who I am, this is what I'm about, I love sex and I want to embrace this with you, but let's take our time and explore, and then when these guys go, but I'm scared, well, so is she, she's in bed with you, you pull a girl for a one night stand, or it's a girl you've been seeing for a while, and you want to explore something, do something new, she might have been being told for a long time, don't talk about sex, don't suck cock, don't let a man go down on you till marriage, don't get fucked in the ass till this time, and she's got all these constrictions, where I get the guys to go in there, like, with love and compassion, but also, like, with strong leadership of going, you know what, fuck all that, I want to hear what you have to say, and I'm not going to judge you, and genuinely mean it, that's why we talk about leaving her better and wetter, because we want her to come back for more again, and then I realize when you unlock that, when I'm teaching the guys to unlock that sexual desire in a woman, I just said, women aren't suffering because they're not horny, it's because guys aren't giving them that place to surrender and let go in the bedroom. And then when you give that woman that place, they don't want to leave you if you're a good man who genuinely, we say like that you're the king of like, you're leading, you're caring, you want to know what she wants to do for the future, her plans, understanding her on that level, but then you're also understanding her deepest sexual desires. So yeah, that's um on that note. So you're doing fantastic work and I love how it's just like, you're just like, this is my whole nature and I, every woman who I personally met and all the clients I've slept with, it's so funny because when I'm with them, they go, where were all these women? They were all so sexually repressed before I met you or I did work um, somewhere else. And I'm like, because you never gave them permission to actually show the aspect of who they were. They're dying to bring it out to the, um, um, to the forefront. But I, I want you to keep going on this because I know it's absolutely amazing. What's your thoughts and how do you think men can be get women to open up in the bedroom? Like if you got um, women that you're working with or you're talking with, what would be the best steps forward for men to make a woman feel safe in the bedroom? Uh, I think where men drop the ball a, a, a bit is, um, and men generally tend to be a little bit better at this in the courtship phase, is that building of anticipation. Women need a lot of anticipation. I always say, you know, the Fifty Shades of Grey book franchise, I don't think anyone's going to argue that it's hardly a work of sophisticated literature. The writing, certainly from my perspective as a writer, is terrible. It's really bad writing. And yet that book sold out worldwide. Women were eating that shit up. And there's a reason for that. It builds this incredible amount of tension, almost unbearable sexual tension and anticipation in the lead up to these sexual encounters that happen between the protagonists. And women are craving that. Unfortunately, most men are pretty focused on penis in vagina sex. It's pretty much close off, get the dick into the pussy. And the problem is women don't speak up. And look, I I can sympathize with guys and say it does suck. And and it would women it would be great if women were speaking up. But you have to understand women have been taught our whole lives that our comfort and our pleasure doesn't matter and people people think i'm going off on a tangent when i talk about this but it's so so relevant i like as someone who's written about this topic for a number of years i've obviously read a lot of you know journals and studies and articles all sorts of things statistically women wait longer in the emergency room to receive treatment and to receive adequate pain relief um endometriosis which is a condition which one of the many side effects of is painful sex it's something i have 
the average time to get a diagnosis for a woman for endometriosis, the average time is seven years. Now, if you go onto PubMed and you look up erectile dysfunction, you can find over 25,000 scientific articles written on it. In contrast, if you look up female sexual pain, you, you can't even find one-fifth of that. So now trying to put yourself in a woman's perspective of why a woman is just lying there having painful sex and saying nothing. No one's told her that her comfort matters. Women are used to being told, even by medical professionals, you're just being a whinger because you're a woman, just go home and take a Panadol. So why then would we be communicating with our partner? No one even in sex ed, we don't even learn about the clitoris, about female sexual pleasure. We learn that men have pleasure. We learn about wet dreams, about erections. We, we know the guys wank, you know. We don't talk about women doing that. And it's funny because when I speak about masturbation and I've spoken a lot, I'm an advocate for saying I think we need to include masturbation as part of sex ed. Not to say that we need to get a porn star to come in the classroom and demonstrate masturbation because people always make that leap when I say it. What I say is we need to acknowledge it when we're, we're talking about sex ed and people say, well, that's just disgusting and depraved. Why would you say that? First of all, it's a natural thing and kids just work out how to do it for themselves. No. Boys work out how to do it for themselves because there's never been any shaming around it. Actually, if you look at the research and the statistics around girls, girls are having partnered sex with boys for up to two or three years before they're touching their own vagina. They are more comfortable with another person entering their body than they are to touch their own body. So how are these women supposed to know about pleasure? How are you supposed to know what a clitoral orgasm feels like when you've never even looked at or touched your own clitoris? They've done studies where they get grown adult women to label the vaginal anatomy and grown adult women, it's something like a third of them can't even do it properly. Yeah, I was going to ask you, um, just because we've got to pass the mic back and forth, it's like, how come that is that women rather have a man? Because um, I've heard that before, but I'd love to know that. How come they'd rather a man like playing with them or having sex for the first time opposed to them exploring themselves? Yeah, well, I think it goes, exactly, it goes back to that. It's the fact that, um, you know, there's been so much mystery around the female sexuality and the female body it's all not talked about it's also shut down um and then what's happening is the woman's getting into the the bedroom and she doesn't know she's just going i guess this is what sex is supposed to feel like this is sexual pleasure um and back to what i was saying i realize i've gone off on a bit of a tangent here but back to what i was saying about men cutting out the foreplay and going straight to penis and vagina. What happens when a woman is not incredible, and a woman needs to be not just a bit wet, she needs to be incredibly, incredibly wet. Like her panties need to be soaking wet in order for sex to be comfortable, right? If she's not, then I just guarantee you, no matter what she, oh no, but I get men all the time, oh no, my wife loves dry sex. No, she's lying to you. She's lying to you. I don't know how else to tell you this. From the perspective of a, a woman myself with a vagina myself who's sp spoken to thousands of women, if a woman is not dripping wet, she's in not only discomfort, but potentially she's in pain. So in terms of your going back to your question about unlocking female desire, by doing that, you've completely missed it because not only um, have you skipped over creating that anticipation that I was saying, you know, that's why Fifty Shades is so successful because women crave that shit. But you've now put her potentially in physical discomfort or pain. In fact, the majority of guys 
I there wouldn't be a guy in this room that we're sitting in now. There wouldn't be a guy that you haven't met who hasn't slept with a girl that has been at some point in discomfort or pain. Unfortunately, she didn't tell you. You weren't to know any better. You were doing the best you had with the tools you had. But that is the way it is. So men need to create anticipation. Women need to get... I say that foreplay needs to be what happens 24 hours before sex. And I don't mean that you're, you know, going down on her and and fondling her breasts for 24 hours. You're going to be fucking exhausted by the end of that. What I'm talking about is when she leaves work in the morning, grab her and give her a passionate kiss. When is the last time in your relationship that you gave your partner a kiss that didn't last for, you know, that lasted for more than two seconds? A passionate, deep tongue in mouth kiss. Study after study shows that makes women so incredibly horny. Men don't do it because kissing in general doesn't tend to uh, be a highly arousing act for men. Some men really enjoy it. Some men don't. A lot of men, it's just, I could take it or leave it kind of thing. But for women, that makes women incredibly, incredibly horny. Now, you've left her for the day to go to work with this deep, passionate kiss. Now, start sending her text messages throughout the day. Send her those sexy messages that you sent when you were first going out about how hot she looked leaving for work this morning. If you're trying to reignite your sex life, do as is done in Fifty Shades of Grey and in, in graphic detail, describe a sex act to her. It doesn't matter if you guys haven't had good sex in 10 years. Reflect back to that last time you had good sex. Reflect back to a real sexual sexual encounter, not an imagined one. So whenever was the last time you had hot sex, describe it to her. You know, I don't know why, but I can't stop thinking today about that time we fucked in the shower, the way the water looked going over your body, the way your tits look. Fuck, I'm getting myself wet talking about it now. (laughs) All right, so text her that throughout the day build up the tension what's happening is you're giving her a one second kiss goodbye you're probably not even making eye contact with her your text messages to her throughout the day compromise of we ran out of toilet paper can you grab some on the way home she gets home you sit on the couch and stare at the tv and then you want to put your dick in her pussy I'm sorry, she's not turned on. She's not ready for that. And I almost guarantee you she's making an excuse like, oh, I've got a headache tonight. What if you built that whole thing up for 24 hours? She'll be the one taking her clothes off. She'll be the one getting your dick out. You won't be having to do it for her. And I think this is the thing that we neglect. It seems so subtle and so simple. Like, But I think men have been trained to think that sex and everything to do with sex is about getting naked, touching, pussy, breasts, all of that. For women... It's happening in our mind. We know women's, they've actually discovered through research, there's something called the brain-vagina loop. The vagina and the brain directly influence each other. So um, if a woman has got any stress in her mind whatsoever, I'm sorry, her pussy's not coming to the party. It's just that simple. So if your wife's been stressed today, she's not having sex with you unless you can lower that stress. That's why things like candlelight, soft music, massage. That's why these things make women conducive to sex because do you know what they also do? They lower cortisol levels, stress hormone levels. What happens when your stress hormones are down, your dopamine goes up, you're up for some action. So it's it's about that buildup and, and that's what I would like to see more men focus on, that buildup. Well, I've been fucking up my whole life, so... <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I've just been putting in for one minute and coming. That's it. Now, I've got, to, I've got to change a bit of stuff up, but definitely, I love it. Totally agree. We always have this saying at SQL, like, guys, you don't even want to be putting your cock in until her panties are so wet that you take them off and they stick to the ceiling. If they don't stick to the ceiling, then you fucked up. It's kind of a joke. And they go, do they actually stick to the ceiling? I'm like, no, they don't. And if they did, I would try and find out a way to make them do that. But it's all a bit of fun. But what Nadia said is so spot.
spot on. And it's just like guys like taking that time, the anticipation, that foreplay. Because when I'm talking to the guys, and I'd love you to talk about some more foreplay stuff, let's get jumped into that. A lot of guys just don't do it. A lot of guys don't do it. And that's why we make a claim. And it's like a big, bold claim with what we're doing. It's like, you're going to be the best a woman's ever had inside and outside the bedroom because the bar of sex is so fucking low. And even if you just did what Nadia said, which is amazing, but it's still, it's so basic in the respect. It's like, how about you take the time to really arouse a person you care about? And then when you do that, the sex is going to be better. It sounds like so simple, but it's going to work so well. And same with the stuff that I give. I'm not like not trying to demean that. I know you don't see it coming across like that, but it's more the guys are just not really taking the time and understanding that women are more microwaves and no women, women are more like the slow cooker and building that up over time. My mum said that to me once. She goes, Andrew, women are slow cookers and men are microwaves. I'm like, yes and no, but the, I was like the whole joke that, but I'd love you to talk, um, break down a little bit more because this will tie into why your partner isn't having sex. If you want to give um, the guys on here some more understanding about foreplay and what really gets women aroused. Yeah, I think it's all it, it all just goes back to creating that sense of anticipation and also having some connection because what tends to happen when you're in a long-term relationship um, is you you stop having those uh, connections like you stop having extended kissing, you stop having extended eye contact. Um, I mean, even this morning, my partner and I just rushing around coming here we wouldn't have had extended eye contact. It's a thing that you have to really make time in your your day to actually do. It comes naturally in the courtship phase because you're, you know, it, they they actually compare. They've actually proven that uh, the the high we get from those initial stages of love or lust is pretty identical to the high we get from being on cocaine. So it's very easy in those stages to just be completely obsessively focused on the other person. And that's why she's horny as fuck and wanting to jump your bones five times a day. In fact, it's funny because a, a friend um, of my boyfriend's got into a new relationship recently and he was sort of taught, you know, confiding in him as a man and he said, the sex is actually getting a bit much. She wants to do it like five times a day. I'm exhausted. But it's because they're in that initial stage. He's taking her out for dates all the time. He's listening and he's hanging off every word she's saying. He's asking her questions about her life. Those things that all of those things tend to fall to the wayside once you get in a long-term relationship. And I think the other thing that we really need to understand, particularly about women that's quite different from men, is the aspect of novelty um and i spoke about this i believe uh in my sexpo talk that you were at and that's that women need very very high amounts of sexual novelty for men usually um if you've got you know a pussy in front of you you're pretty happy i mean i know i'm dumbing it down here i'm, I'm sure you have you know slightly more sophisticated needs than that but overall men uh tend to generally be pretty happy if they've got regular sex available to them women uh, will get bored with regular sex if things aren't getting like changed up on quite a high frequency. Um, and there's this kind of scale. It's something that Esther Perel talks about um, in her TED Talk about infidelity, which is I think that's got about 20 million views on it now. It's a great one to watch. But she talks about that seesaw between um, 
desire and eroticism and then on the other end you've got comfort and security now all of us when we're getting into the relationship at the start we're just pushing to get to that stage of comfort and security that's what we want we just want to get to that stage you're mine I'm yours we can relax I don't need to suck my you know stomach in anymore and put on makeup I can just hang out eat Cheetos out of my lap fart you know just be myself and I'll know that you will still love me and be there you know, for me. And it's just a really nice feeling to have that security. And it's, it's great. Like that person in the world that you can be yourself with, that you can be so comfortable with. It's so good. But here's the problem. And men, men tend to actually be quicker to get to this stage than women. And here's the problem with that is comfort and security are the antithesis of eroticism and desire. So you can not, as certainly not as a woman, you cannot be comfortable uh, and completely relaxed in and uh, and this is different to the type of relaxation I was talking about before. I'm talking about as in your partner letting it all hang out and you letting it all hang out. You cannot have that and want to fuck them. When you want to fuck like crazy, so the example of my boyfriend's friend who's like, she's trying to jump my bones five times a day. I'm I literally need a break from her. She's still learning so much about him. She doesn't know when she's going to see him again. She wants to fuck him when she first sees him because she might not see him for another three days and that's a long time for her to wait right now that they're still falling for each other. You know, they're still getting to know each other. He's still surprising her doing all these things, you know. That creates desire in women. As soon as you are relaxed and you've got into a routine, because guys said to me, oh, but I do all the things I've been told. I wash the dishes, I clean the house. I'm like... I'm, it's great you're doing that, but those things aren't sparking eroticism and desire. If anything, they're reinforcing the sense of routine, routine, uh, mundane, monotony. You need to break that shit up. So you need to have adventures together. Do things that you both haven't done before. You... I know that I'm like you're looking for me to talk about some sort of karma sutra positions or eating pussy technique, but I'm telling you that 90% of it has got nothing to do with being in the bedroom it's the stuff that happens in the lead up to the bedroom that's when she's going to be really horny and conducive to sex oh no i completely agree and with what you're saying about the positions like what's this position and what's the pussy eating technique and how do you make this girl squirt i always say that's the party tricks it's so funny because guys come on our retreats and events and they're looking for like give me that thing like that one thing that tip and i go dude i can show you how to make a chick squirt i can show you how to make a chick orgasm that's fun but what we want to do, we always say it starts with here and the unlock my mind and my body will follow. So that's like, the, uh, that's our like mantra for what we do. And what you're saying as well, I want to touch on that point. When I've been working with these guys, generally speaking, the majority of population, I agree with the men, they go, I just want a pussy and if it's, I get my cock hard. But then when I've really started to delve in, I'd love to know your perspective on this, like with the women's side of things. When I've really started to like get men behind closed doors and talk in depth with them about um, sexuality, they've got like a lot of stuff they want to explore or they go, I didn't really know what I wanted to do because I never felt like I could do this because there's been a lot of shame for men about sexuality as well because of like, oh, I can't actually talk about this. I don't know how to broach the situation. I, and the thing is, I don't want to make a woman feel uncomfortable in her in in sexuality as well because if I say something she might get offended because there was this um one there was this one um time there was this husband and there was this wife and they both wanted to like have anal sex but they never breached the topic so then like for 20 years they were in a relationship and then they went to some like event and then 
They go, you write what you want to do in the bedroom and you write what you want to do. Then they both wrote it and they looked at each other like, what? You didn't tell me that for fucking 20 years. So they went home to a hotel that night and they did the thing. But it was like so unreal. Like some guys just have like a fantasy of like, I want like on a retreat or remember a guy and I want you to elaborate on this. A guy's like, my fantasy is just to have my partner come in with a sexy fucking, um, um, what is it? Like a robe. And she's going to be massaging me and giving me a happy ending just because of that. I'm like, is that it? My, is that all you want to do dude and he goes yeah and another guy goes i just want to put chocolate sauce on a woman and eat it off her for hours another guy's like can i do a rubik's cube because he could do like a rubik's cube in like six to ten seconds he goes can i put this rubik's cube on it and do her doggy style and then i'll have sex like that i'm like is that all you want to do <laughs> like all these weird things these guys want to do so at the retreat i actually got like in the doggy style position i go do it pretend to do that so he's doing the rubik's cube i go now go out into the world and do it he sent me the photo and he goes the girl was so much more turned on because i was expressive about my sexuality yeah. so i'd love to know your thoughts and feelings about how you can get women to start opening up about their sexuality and how you can encourage men to like go hey guys it's all right you can open up because women want to hear this We've already touched on this a bit, but I know there's so many different angles we can play with. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean, I think uh, I obviously talk predominantly about women because I'm a woman, um, but I definitely don't want to exclude men from the, the discussion in terms of saying that men are affected by the shame around sex as well. I just don't go into a lot of detail about it because it's not my place to say as a woman I don't know the male experience but I know from speaking to men that men are affected by all the shame around sex as well and what they can and can't say I think um, you need to be creating a, a sex life where yeah your partner your female partner is comfortable um, and then you're much more likely to be comfortable yourself um, I think like on a pre preliminary level it's probably not the time to come out and explore your fantasies, whatever those are, while you, you don't even know if your partner is actually in pleasure or pain when you're having sex with her. You need to overcome all of those barriers first. And by the way, all of that stuff is overcome through discussion. It's just through having a conversation. And people say, well, uh, you know, people who've been married for years and uh, just the, like the stuff you were saying, oh, but, but I'd feel too embarrassed to do it. I'd, I'd feel too, you know, weird to do it. Even I think I was saying in my talk at Sexpo, you know, someone was asking about, a, you know, a blowjob technique or whatever. What's the, the best way to do it? And I said, well, what does your partner like? And they said, well, I don't know. And I said, well, why don't you know? And she said, well, I've never asked him. I said, why not? And she said, well, I, I, I don't know. I feel a bit weird, you know. I'll be a bit embarrassed. I said, hun, you've got his cock in your mouth. You know, you've done the most embarrassing part. It doesn't get any more vulnerable or embarrassing than getting a cock out and putting it in your mouth. Asking him what he likes, that's the least bit. And I think men can put that same idea into perspective as well. You, you, you can't... You can't get any more vulnerable with another human being than what you get when you're about to have sex with someone. Um, that said, don't wait until you're stripped naked and you've got your cock out to start having the discussion. Bad, bad, bad timing. You need to be having these discussions nowhere around sex. Just have them at a time when both you and your partner are in a comfortable, relaxed space. Don't bring them up in the middle of an argument. Don't bring it up in the middle of sex and, and, and surprise it on her. Just one night when you're both relaxed on the couch, just say, hey, like... I've, you know, this is a bit of a big 
thing for me to bring up, but I'd really love if we could have a bit of a, a chat about our, our sex life. And I, you know, I want us to get closer and I want to explore some, some things with you. I always say that's why I think watching porn as a couple can be a great way to break the ice because it kind of does some of the difficult work for you, right? If you for example, the guy who wanted to do the Rubik's Cube. Everything you can possibly imagine is represented in porn. I guarantee if you go and Google it in Pornhub, you'd be able to find a porn of a guy fucking some girl doing a Rubik's Cube. So go and find a depiction of what it is you want to do and watch it with your partner and just gauge your partner's reactions. Use it as a talking point. Say to them, wow, that's really hot what he's doing to, to her. What do you think of that? If your partner's responsive, Use that as an opportunity to say, would you be open to doing that with me? It, it it helps bridge some of that first gap of starting the discussion, which I think a lot of people have difficulty with. And also it allows your partner to kind of get more more of an idea of what is the thing that you want to do so they can see, oh, actually that looks kind of hot when maybe if you're explaining it, you might not sort of get it across the right way. So, um, but I definitely think with partners, you should both be open to trying things um, that one another wants to do. I think you should be open to really trying anything your partner wants to do. Besides, if it's really breaching um, like a boundary with you around some sort of, you know, previous trauma you've got, or if it's causing you physical pain, obviously not. But but people will say things like, oh, well, my partner wants to worship my feet, but I, I find that kind of gross. I'm not into it. I, to me, that's not a reason to turn it down. But it's it's making your partner aroused and it's not going to hurt you. It's not going to bring up any childhood trauma or anything for you. So do it. You know, we need to also be more open to meeting our partner's needs as well but it's through discussion I know people want some fancy answer they want some silver bullet oh these are all the the special techniques and hacks and tricks no you've got to sit down and have a really fucking uncomfortable discussion that's it you don't have the discussion they can go to all your retreats they can learn all the pussy licking techniques I don't give a fuck they're going to suck in the in, in in bed they're going to be terrible because what works for one woman is just useless on another woman one woman's screaming orgasm is another woman's, I'm so bored, I'm going off to sleep, right? We are all different. It's the same with men. I'm sure of it. Um, so you have to have an actual communication. You have to have, um, okay, so now that I'm doing this thing, how's that feeling for you? How's the pressure? How's the, how's the, this? if you're just guessing your way through it, that's, that's never going to work. So I get it, guys. I get it. It's uncomfortable. It feels awkward. It's embarrassing. Just keep in mind, that's not because there's anything wrong with talking about sex. The reason you feel all these yucky feelings is because you've been incorrectly conditioned your whole life to see sex as dirty and wrong. Okay, so we just need to undo that conditioning. There's nothing wrong with talking about sex. There's a lot more wrong with repeatedly having bad sex with your partner. That's going to be a shitload more painful um, than either you being the one in pain or you knowing that your partner's in discomfort than just just bite the bullet and have the discussion oh powerful shit i love it straight down the line exactly and we always say this as well every pussy is different and every woman is different and yeah the the, i love what you're saying in the respect it's like where's the fancy lines i love it's just like the hard conversations men 
are not willing to have the hard conversations and then it's breaching that conversation of like let's actually sit down and talk about like sex let's go on a date night and all we're going to talk about babe is all we're going to talk about is sex and then when they're on the date you get to open up and then i have a thing as well after you've had sex and i say like you're in that beautiful chemical state after sex and you're sitting there after that experience the sex server of having a chat after the sex of what you did and what you could do next time what you enjoyed but really that conversation i was talking to someone as well about guys this woman was telling me she goes oh we just stopped talking about sex and this guy on another retreat goes i stopped talking about i go why you got to keep fun never stop dating your partner and you've alluded to this the whole time and then i go the techniques are like the little the little fancy things on top and i'm so glad you're on that same um, headspace of like teaching women and teaching just like putting your word out there going yes i've had my whole nature and like don't suppress that and it's like the more that a woman feels safe to open up about that whole nature about herself the more she's actually going to fall in love and that's the psychology of like that and then actually respecting it's like that lady of the streets freaking the sheets it's that saying old school but I was going to ask you this about the pain in the bedroom because that's the thing. I see a lot of guys like, I don't know if she's orgasming or if she's in pain. I know we can open up and talk, but what's your some of your techniques or philosophy of like really getting an understanding about like how a woman can actually be more relaxed in the bedroom and open up um, and not have so much pain in her vagina? Uh, well, definitely it's having that 24-hour build-up. You need to be having that build-up throughout the day through the connection, um, the talking about things you want to do to each other, the talking about things sexually you have done to each other, making her feel hot, you know, uh, telling her how, how sexy she looks, how amazing her body is, um, you know, those things. Once a woman's confident in her body, that's going to make a huge difference to how confident she's going to be in the bedroom and that's also going to translate to her being relaxed. Um, I I don't think there's a quick fix to the discomfort and pain thing because it's such – so much social conditioning to women about – I mean, we're, we're literally told as women, we are literally told losing your virginity the first time you have sex is going to hurt. Everything to do with our bodies, you know, we're told we associate a lot of shame and pain with it. Um, so I get men get so frustrated because they say to me, but my wife can fucking, she can talk underwater with a mouthful of marbles. I can't get the bitch to shut up. But the second we get in the bedroom, she's a bloody mute. She doesn't want to tell me anything. And I feel like, you know, they feel, he's feeling slighted by his wife. But the thing is, she's not doing that as a you know evil thing that she's doing against him she's doing that because it's literally never occurred to her that her comfort levels matter um and so the number one thing is exactly what you were saying earlier is if a woman is not absolutely soaking wet don't be inserting anything anywhere in her just don't because it's not going to be comfortable if you want a safe guess for when she's going to be in discomfort or pain you can base it off how lubricated she is and if she's not lubricated enough you can use lube. I think a lot of men have been taught that, oh, but if I have to reach for a bottle of lube, that means I didn't do it for her as a man. I'm a sexual failure as a man. No, if you actually understand about women's bodies, so many things affect our lubrication levels. Plenty of times in my life, I've been horny as fuck and I'm not wet down there. It's stress, illness, types of the medication I'm on at the moment affects that. Uh, There's Uh, women going through menopause there are so many different factors that influence it so why would you not just get a bottle of lube when you could make her be so much more comfortable just because of a bit of pride um i think the other thing that you can 
do uh, in terms of getting her more relaxed and lowering the chances that she's going to be in discomfort is back onto that anticipation factor. Once you actually get into the bedroom, which hopefully you've used all these other techniques and you've had all that build up, is then spend more time focusing on other areas of her body that aren't her vagina. So kissing her, stimulating her breasts, her body, all of that. Women love like, again, people, men come to me and they want all these crazy techniques. I say few things make me as horny as if my boyfriend's kissing me and he just strokes the hair back out of my face fuck I'm like I'm like do me whatever way you want to do me like let's go hard um like it's these central things and it's a combination of uh which I think you touched on you can be sensual and you can fuck the shit out of her you can have both of those but you need to have a lot of sensuality in the build-up to ensuring that she's relaxed and then once you're finally getting down um to her pussy, be focusing a ton of time and energy on her clitoris. Um, That is the sexual center of of a woman's body. Something that has only been recognized, I think, in like the last decade is that the clitoris and the G-spot are actually connected. So the clitoris is like a wishbone shape and the roots of it go down into where the G-spot is. They touch up against it. So um, it, it, it affects so many different aspects of the vagina just by stimulating the clitoris. Um, So you want to be focusing a lot of time on that. And also on the note of what I was saying about don't be afraid to reach for lube. Also don't be afraid to reach for sex toys. A lot of women have problems with sensitivity. I uh, am on antidepressant medication and no one tells women this, which sucks, but a lot of women out there are on antidepressant medication. One of the thing, one of the most common side effects of it is that you lose genital sensitivity. So I lost my orgasm for months, and I, as someone who advocates, you know, I talk a lot about sex, and I, I, I really push, guys. It's not all about about the end point. It's not all about the orgasm. Stop getting so tied up on the orgasm. Enjoy each other's time and bodies. I found myself almost eating my words because. I was having sex with my boyfriend. I thought about the the 14th or 15th time that we'd done it that I hadn't had an orgasm. I just burst into tears. I, I can't do this anymore. It's actually really affecting me. I need to have a fucking orgasm. Um, and it was actually by allowing myself to bring uh, a clitoral toy into the bedroom. And there are so many toys you can have that you can you can wear while you're having sex with your partner. You don't even need to be fiddling with it. There's really sexy ones you can get. I've got a handheld um, clitoral stimulator. It's called the Desire. I highly recommend it. And your partner holds a remote, and they can control the intensity, which is very sexy. You can beg them to turn it up or down. And then while you're riding your partner, you're holding that on your clit. And so for a lot of women who have that decreased sensitivity, also it's caused by menopause. There's all different factors which decrease it. If you can get her clitoris sensitive again. She's going to get really wet and when she's wet, she's relaxed and sex is going to feel great for her. So I know that's a bit of a long-winded answer, but women, we are. I'm not going to lie. It's a little bit more complicated uh, than it is with with men. Um, I I wrote an article actually, it's coming out this weekend on news.com, about the difference between – they did these images of the – the network of nerves, um, innervation, I can't even remember what it's called, anyway, of the penis and then there's one of the vagina. On guys, not to, you know, sound demeaning or anything, but it's so simple. It's just up and down the shaft, all these, you know. Women, it's like a tangled web that would like literally put Spider-Man off, you know, like it's so complex and it's – but 
in that same sense, there are so many hotspots in there. You know, we thought that it was all the clit or it was all the G-spot. Now we're learning there's the perineum, there's the anus, there's um, walls of the vagina. There's so many other areas that can bring women stimulation. So yes, unlocking it's going to be a little bit more complicated than unlocking male desire, but the rewards are going to be huge. Whew, this has been entertaining and educational all at the same time. That's what I like. It's like just all in, but that's why I got you on here. Now. It's been a pleasure. But in saying that, I love what you're saying. It's so funny. When, when, that's why I was laughing when you said that so much. I go, guys, I'm going to show you the best foreplay technique. I remember they're sitting back on their chair going, fuck, here we go. It's the one move. I'm like, get her back lying on her chest and just stroke her head like this and move her hair away slowly and just like pat her face just really gently and run your hands really slowly over her face like that and you watch her melt and you say the exact same thing it's fucking ridiculous you're getting it from Nadia you're getting it from myself we're both fucking on this so come on listen here because it's so good to have your female perspective and really great about the understanding about the yeah exactly the shaft as I said it's you said it was really like simplistic compared to the vagina and it's good and I'm sure we're only in the infancy stages of the research as well yeah no 100 percent. we're still learning so much more unfortunately um you know and i guess it goes back to the crux of everything i've been saying today and the reason why i'm so passionate about this and have made a career about it the reason that we don't we're only still learning and it is in its infancy is because there's really never been any emphasis put on female desire um it's it's you know back in history we've seen um it is you know women having orgasms or whatever was considered as women being insane and all sorts of things you know it's um it's we're still really uh i guess coming to grips with the society that as a society that women are sexual beings as well and i think for the most part we yeah we have a long way to come the fact that when i write openly about my sex life as a woman i still encounter so much slut shaming and negativity and comments like oh well no man will ever want you you've got a used up pussy all of this stuff I mean this is not helping women you might think that you're just saying something against me but it's so many women that are reading that and that are internalizing that and saying I better keep my sex drive and my sexuality as repressed as possible they've been taught it's a bad thing and it's about allowing them to feel relaxed and so it is those really just strong nurturing things like you know you were talking about with stroking the hair and things like that that create that feeling of safety that a woman can you know feel that she can connect with it but yeah I mean there's so much great research coming out it's sad that it's taken this long for us to even learn things like the fact that the clitoris is almost as big as a penis you know and we thought it was this little pea-sized thing on the outside now we know it's this big internal organ and it's connected to the g-spot and there's all these other we're learning so much all the time um and it's about really taking that information on board well it's yeah, it's been such a pleasure, Nadia, like in regards to the the knowledge and the insights and you're doing such a great thing for humanity and you're doing such a great thing for men and for women and that's what I love. It's like you're really shining the light and I thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here and being willing to put yourself out there as you've been doing for such a long time now and you've got 100% of our support and stuff like that and anything that you need from myself or SQL where we've got your back because I know what it's like being a minority but also in this day and age being a woman putting yourself out there sexually I put myself out there guys like dude you're a god it's a little bit different even though I do get a lot of bullshit but I only can imagine with the magnitude that you're currently at about what's happening from that perspective as well so it is 
is incredible what you're doing. And guys, um, well, actually, before I wrap this up, is there anything else you want to share with um, last thing you want to say to the guys? Or you pretty much said you've, you've dropped absolute bombs today. But if there's one thing you want to leave um, on the note before we wrap up and give people a perspective about how to contact you. Uh, yeah, if you want more information, I uh, I do have a YouTube channel. It's just Nadia Bockety. Um, you can find me on Instagram and I've got a weekly column every Saturday evening on news.com.au where I write about female sexuality and I write about things that you can do as a guy um, to, you know, unlock uh, female desire. So, yeah, love to see you guys there. <laughs> Awesome. Thanks, Nadia. And yeah, it's been a pleasure. As I said, she went raw, she went real, she didn't hold back. So it's been an absolute pleasure. And yeah, go check out her stuff. I love it because looking at her YouTube videos, she's there on the camera and she's saying stuff that we're all fucking thinking, but no one else is willing to say. And it's really good to get a woman speaking instead of me talking about, this is what a woman wants in the bedroom. And I have no fucking idea, but it's awesome to get her with so much um, knowledge. So yeah, thanks again, Nadia. And yeah, guys, if you have any more questions, if you can't find Nadia for whatever reason, make sure you um you can go into the sexual quantum leap podcast no the pod i mean the sexual quantum leap.com and you can hit me up there and then i can pass you on to all about nadia's details but yeah thanks again nadia and looking forward to maybe doing one in the future but if not it's been fucking awesome and i know i'll definitely be seeing you soon definitely thanks so much